All right, all right. A huge target, literally and figuratively. Just hit the portal uh, from Temple. We'll talk about that here and more on this edition of Locked On Vandy on the Locked On Podcast Network. Let's go. You are Locked On Vandy, your daily podcast on the Vanderbilt Commodores, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, all right, all right. Happy Tuesday. It's the Locked On Vandy podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Corey Burton. Thanks for making Locked On Vandy your first listen each and every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, today's episode, speaking of which, is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Well, a giant target just fell into the transfer portal from Temple today. Uh, six foot eight, 300-pound right tackle, Victor Stoffel. Now, why am I bringing this up? Well, a, we talked on yesterday's episode. We talked on our last episode about how Vandy needs to add things from the portal, add big things from the portal. And when I say big things, I mean literally uh, offensive linemen and defensive linemen. So this would this would definitely fit that bill. Uh, Vandy has a shot here. Uh, I've noticed that a few people from Vandy are following him, and if that's any indication, that usually means you're in good shape. So, um, what does he mean? for this offense. So watching a little bit of Temple football, which um, I don't regularly do, so I had to go onto the YouTubes and, and watch watch some uh, watch some offensive plays there from, uh, from Temple to kind of get an idea of what Vandy would be getting. And obviously we'll do a further breakdown as uh, if he commits, which – Hopefully he does. I don't know if he set up for a visit. I haven't heard anything. Things have been kind of quiet. I mean, it is right around the New Year's and the holidays, so things get a little bit quieter around this time of year. So, um, But I, I think Vandy has a real shot here because, A, they have a massive need on the offensive line, and this is a massive target. Six foot eight, 300 pounds. You can't coach that kind of size, that kind of reach. When you look at him in pass pro, I mean, the guy's arms just stretch out for days. And days and days. I mean, they just keep going. It's like you ever watch Inspector Gadget? It's like the go-go gadget arms, right? They just they just keep freaking going. And so that's that's one thing you love about him is is at the right tackle spot. You you have really good pass protection there. Uh, I think he has I think he has good feet uh, in, in pass pro. Um, obviously, with his height and weight and some of the coordination stuff that may be off due to that. I think sometimes maybe he gets a little slow, a little tall out of his out of his stance, but for the most part, he gets those big long arms on you, it's over. Um, he has pretty good feet, gets himself in pretty good position, a couple of a couple of kick steps and he's back pretty far <laughs> and he can cover a lot of ground with with few with few steps. So um, that's always good. Uh and, and the run game, he comes off the ball really, really well. Uh, plays with pretty good pad level. Uh, sometimes when he gets tired, his pads get a little bit high, his hips get a little bit high. But for the most part, uh, just I've been I've, I've watched him down block, I've watched him come off on combos, things like that. He looks pretty good coming off the rock and driving defensive linemen 
and climbing up to the next level. Um, he'll obviously at the, in this league will have to get better at blocking on the second level because the type of athletes that play linebacker in the SEC are superior, far superior than those playing in the American Conference with uh, that he was going against at Temple, which not, not not too too much of a discrepancy, but enough to where it's noticeable. So um, he'll obviously have to improve a lot of that and just kind of get used to the speed of the game at the level of the SEC. Um, but I think that would be a huge, huge get uh, that, you know, would be, would just be amazing if that happened, if that was able to, uh, if that was able to shake out. Uh, Luke Newman still out there. I, I think, um, you know, there's some, there's still some things out there on him that maybe, that maybe Vandy can get, but um, again, just filling this need, somebody has got to commit. And I think somebody that needs an opportunity, somebody that is um, somebody that's tough, somebody that can play out there at the tackle spot. I mean, we got an interior guy from Mississippi State, but somebody who wants to play in the NFL that needs tape against dominant competition would be perfect. For Vanderbilt, I mean, you're in a situation. You're getting in a new offense. You're getting a new situation. You've got a really good run game uh, at the quarterback position, and some 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 pretty good running backs there. You've got a couple of receivers in the mix, and you, you've got a you've got a few things going for you offensively. And I think the scheme is very conducive to helping out offensive linemen. And uh, of the three plays that we've broken down so far. Uh, I I think you would see that offensive linemen, uh, it'd be very hard for opposing defenses to load up on one thing or or another because the scheme is not designed to, okay, we're going to get the ball to this person and we're going to force feed it to them. No matter what, we're just going to make you stop it. Like Tim Beck is not that kind of coordinator. I, I think he's, you know, he's been described as, somebody who has a lot of adaptability and that helps out offensive linemen tremendously, especially tackles because a defensive ends can't pin their ears back and, and, and come after you and B defenses can't load the box to where it's five on seven and you're trying to run into a loaded box. So, you know, there's some built in advantages there that take that help and take the pressure off Less talent. I don't want to say less talent. That's maybe not be the right word, but um, just collectively less talented than teams you're playing, which is not a lie when you're playing against LSU and you're playing against Kentucky and Georgias and the Alabamas of the world. I mean, you're you know Vandy is less talented than those guys. I mean, we we all can be honest about that, right? But getting these guys will help kind of equalize that because it goes beyond talent. And uh, watching the Rose Bowl, Alabama had the more talented team. But Michigan did a really good job of doing things that neutralized a lot of those talent differences, and they ended up winning the game, right? They executed. They, you know, they took advantage of Alabama's mistakes, pounced on them. They took advantage of, you know, they were, in the, especially in the first half, they were well-coached, Right. And Alabama couldn't handle them. So it's things like that, being unique, being like 
having variance on, on what you do will help take down that talent gap and make things easier for your players. And on the offensive line, that's paramount. And if you can do that on the offensive line, that's paramount. That's why this would be a good situation. I, I said all of that to say that that's why I think Vandy, playing offensive line to Vandy would be a really good situation because you're getting a coordinator that can help develop you in the ways you need to be developed to play at the next level. Getting the combo blocks that you need, site adjustments, calls, things that you need to be successful at the next level. You're going to have a scheme that doesn't, put you in bad positions that set you up for failure. You're not going to like, I, I don't believe you're going to have that now playing in the sec. There's going to be times where you get beat and all that good stuff. And that happens, right? I, I don't, I don't think NFL scouts or anybody for that matter expects you to be perfect, but you should at least be in a position to where you're not getting slaughtered every single play, which unfortunately is what happened last year. And, if you're basing it on what you saw on tape last year from Vandy, I, I could see why nobody would want to come play offensive line here. But things are different. Go watch New Mexico State's tape. That will tell you what you need to know. Uh, don't watch the bowl game because I think Tim Beck was already hired uh, prior to the bowl game. Just nobody knew it yet. And he was a little bit distracted, and I, I don't think that was his best game. Um, but uh, then again, he may not have been all there mentally. So, uh, that, I mean, I, I'm, I'm excited about this potential target. Victor Stoffel brings a heck of a lot of potential uh, to this offensive line room and to this offense in general. Uh, you, you get another big piece, especially at the right tackle spot. You get a big, long pass protector that's uh, even better in run, in, in, uh, in run blocking, and you get somebody that is tough will be there and just is all around good offensive lineman and could be a pretty good leader for you um, in that, in that room as well. So big, big target. Vandy has a shot. I think they have a shot. I think he would be a massive, massive impact in this offensive line room. So um, Victor Stoffel, Temple, Vandy, go get him. Right. uh, Victor, if you happen to be listening to the show, if you do a Google vanity search, you may find your name um, on the headline here. Hopefully you do. I want you to come to Vandy. I think you'd be a great fit there if if they've even offered you. I hope they've offered you. Um, You'd be a great fit. And you'd literally be a huge asset, literally and figuratively, be a huge, huge asset. So uh, consider that. And, uh, Let's get it. So when we come back, uh, going off topic a little bit, it's in the realm of college football, but like not necessarily Vandy, but I want to talk about some of these bowl games, some of these opt-outs, just kind of what's happened in this bowl season since Vandy's not really in a bowl and I haven't had a chance to get to do any bowl talk. I'm going to do some bowl talk here uh, on, on, a slow ev- on a slow evening, on a slow brief window of time. Uh, for uh, for the college football world, especially those that have either already played or those that are um, not in a bowl game. So uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about that. All right, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. 
That's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back. It is segment number two of the Lockdown Vandy podcast on the po- on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. We hope that you become an everydayer if you're not already. If you are an everydayer, just drop a comment. Say, "Hey, I'm here." You should and do do a little recruiting. Make sure you tell them tell me where you're listening from. Uh, and if you're an everydayer that wants to share a little bit about yourself, by all means. Uh, do so if you don't. That's okay too. Um, but uh, just know that, just know that I appreciate you, regardless. Um, when you're done here, make sure you you go and uh, check out Locked On SEC. Make that your second listen. Uh, they do a great job over there. Zach Blackerby, Stephen Willis, also uh, check out their shows, Locked On Auburn and Locked On Ole Miss. They do a heck of a job. I know Steve knocked it out of the park with his uh, bowl coverage. Uh, of the uh, of the Chick Fil A Peach Bowl against Penn State, that was uh, that was a tremendous game. So make sure you check out his coverage, more in depth coverage if you want it. I'm not going to go into, I'm not going to become locked on Ole Miss for the night. So uh, just make sure you make sure you check that out. So lots of great stuff on this network. Lots of great coverage of a lot of a lot of different things. Uh, the Rose Bowl, uh, the Rose Bowl just happened. So if you want to uh, go and listen to that, go listen to. Uh, uh, our our friends over at uh, the Locked On Alabama uh, show, or um, if you want the other side of it, uh, we have a Locked On Michigan show. Uh, I haven't ventured too too far out uh, of the uh, of the SEC so far, but uh, I imagine they do a really really good job. Uh, if you're a Titans fan, uh, Locked On Titans is a, is a really really good place. Uh, and there was a really good episode that Tyler Rowland did, and uh, I enjoyed that. So. Uh, make sure you go check those things out. So, um, but always make this your first listen, and I appreciate that. But uh, make those your second, third, fourth, fifth. You know, if you're a podcast junkie, make make sure you check out some of those shows. Uh, they do a, they do a tremendous job, and uh, and uh, thanks to them, I'm able to have a platform here, and you're able to have a Vandy platform because of their success. They say, okay, it's the network, whatever. Who you know? What can we do? So. Uh, we'll talk about some of these bowl games, right? Uh, because there's a lot of things happening with bowl season nowadays. You have the transfer portal, which guys are transferring out, and um, they're transferring out before the bowl, and so that knocks them out. I know Florida State and Georgia had a bunch of transfer portal guys. Tennessee had a bunch of transfer portal. I mean, I mean, let's just I'll just make it short and say everyone has had transfer portal guys. That that uh, all the bowl teams have had transfer portal guys that are out. So. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. It's transfer portal. You know, when you transfer out, you're you're, you're leaving the team. You're quitting the team. So um, that is pretty self-explanatory. But I want to talk about the opt-outs for a second, right? I want to talk about the implication of the opt-outs. I want to talk about kind of what, how it affects things and, um, you know, what are the ramifications of it? What goes into the decisions of opting out? What is a good opt-out versus a bad opt-out? Is there such a thing as a good opt-out? You know, what what... You know, there's a lot of different avenues here uh, to uh, to explore with the uh, with the whole concept of opting out. So, opting out. 
to me, I, I think it's a case by case basis, right? There's some guys that when they opt out, you're just like, really? Like you're opting out to be uh, a six round pick? Like, dude, you need more tape. And there's some guys that are opting out. I'm like, it sucks, but I get it, right? I get it. I totally get it. And they they probably should. And then there's other guys that are that are kind of in between that you know that go either way, and you know it sucks. And, and the product, I I think uh, we'll start with kind of the overall product. I mean, you when you have a team that has a lot of opt outs, uh, I think that's concerning. Like Florida State had a ton of opt outs, and that was that was concerning because like they had just they were on the precipice of the college football playoff. Obviously upset that they didn't make it. But those guys, all of those guys opting out is not a good look for your culture, honestly. I mean, you know, maybe maybe Trey Benson opting out makes sense. He's a running back. He has really good draft stock. I, I don't know that him playing does anything different for his draft stock, good or bad. Uh, Keon Coleman, I don't know that he should have opted out. I mean, he had a really good season, but I, I don't think he should have opted out. Uh, but, I mean, they had a bunch, man. Uh, they had – some transfer portal guys, a, a bunch of opt outs though, man. I, I just, I just didn't like the the mass exodus of of opt outs. Uh, Georgia, on the other hand, had Kamari Lasseter. I think he's a, sh- I don't want to say surefire, but he's close to a surefire first round pick, if not like early second round corner. Right, sometimes corners can rise or fall based on kind of the 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 flow of the draft, right? And so I, I think him playing showed scouts that like he's dedicated to getting as much good tape on getting as much good film out there as, as you can. And I think that's a good thing. Like I, I think guys should evaluate, okay, so when you look at the levels of opt-outs, like you have your surefire top 10 picks, right? Those guys are probably going to opt out. Like Drake May opting out of, I can't remember what bowl there, uh, the Duke's Mayo Bowl, like fine. Like he doesn't need to play in that game. He's gonna be a top ten pick. He'd probably be a top five. Like he doesn't need to play in that game, right? Um, Caleb Williams opt out. Doesn't really need to play in a game. Doesn't really need to get more more film. You know, you wish these guys would play, but I understand. I get it, right? I get it. That they don't need that. They don't need the tape. Guys in the in the uh, ten to twenty range. Some of those guys play because they want to. Some of them don't. Uh, I, I think the Alabama situation last year, I just think you had a special group of guys that just wanted to play. They didn't need to, but they just wanted to. And, you, and, and, and that's refreshing to see. I, I love seeing that because like they want to play. They want to be there for their teammates, and that's important to them. Their teammates – are important to them and 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 you and you love that man like i i absolutely i mean i i get the guys that opt out i'm not like mad at them i, I don't like blame them for any reason i mean they're making a decision you know that's best for them and 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 so be it like you just kind of i mean guys understand i don't think i don't think their teammates were upset with them that they opted out i think everybody kind of understands like hey you know you know it is what it is uh but it just makes it more I think guys appreciate more when you get the Will Andersons, the Bryce Youngs of the world that, you know, that are sure that are, that are guaranteed top five, which both of them were. 
and they both opt in. <laughs> so you get guys like Ladd McConkey, who was a little bit banged up, could have opted out. He declared for the draft today, and uh, you know he could have opted out. Brock Bowers, I think, wanted to opt in, but just couldn't. <laughs> I just don't think he could have gone. He probably would have gone. Uh, if he made the trip, he tried to practice. Like, I just, I just think he was too injured. I don't think he would have been able to play. I think Amarius Mims was the same way. Like, they were both questionable. And if this were a playoff game, they probably would have gone. But since it was not, they, they didn't, but they were, uh, they were on the injured list. Technically, they didn't opt out. But like, uh, you know, some of the guys that, you know, like Jaden Daniels, I, I don't, I don't know that he should. It, he's a unique situation. He won the Heisman. He's in the Relia Quest Bowl. He won the Heisman, but I, I, I still think he, I don't know, like I still kind of felt like he needed just that one more game of, of really good tape against a team that he probably could have lit up uh, in, in Wisconsin. Like I think he probably could have, I think he probably could have used that, but I certainly don't blame him for opting out. I mean, he, you know, again, you, you would have loved to see him play with his teammates, but you know, I, I, you know, that being said, I get it, right? I get it. It, it, it. I, I wish some of these guys would opt in more. Is my take? I, I guess that's my take. And and sorry to take you guys for for a loop and for on on, on a giant circle, but like so watching some of these bowl games, like it, it's just a different. It's just a totally, totally different thing when these guys aren't in and. uh it just like there's no way Florida State should have got sixty pieced. There's no way. There's just no way they should have that should have happened, right? And oh man, this is brutal. This is brutal to watch. And some of these games were brutal to watch because of the opt outs. Like LSU should have never even come close to losing. They ended up winning, but they should have. It should have never got to that point if they had their guys, you know. And and so the opt outs. I get it. I don't really like it, but I guess that's, you know, selfishly, I don't really like it because the product I think is, is sacrificed a little bit. And so you, you, you have to understand that um, you're not going to get the same team without those guys because that's who got them to that point. So anyway, it sucks, but it's just one of the things that's in college football and you got to plan for it and you got to treat bowl games, non-playoff bowl games for what they are. They're just an exhibition game to get some, Younger guys some work, and, and I think if fans put stock into that uh, to that degree, I think they wouldn't have been quite quite as disappointed with uh, with the results. So um, we'll talk about kind of we'll kind of go based off of opt outs here in just a little bit when we close out the show, uh, but we'll uh, we'll come back here in just one minute. All right. Uh, once a local ad, so I'm gonna give a free shout out here. Uh, Winky's Barbecue, man, I had some of that, and that was really, really good. I had some brisket from there. Uh, the mac and cheese was good. Um, I enjoyed it. There's my uh, there's my free shout out. Now, at some point, they might have to uh, they might have to pay for some advertising, but that's it's a free shout out, and they in the world may never hear that. So, um, anyway, there you go. All right, welcome back to uh, Locked On Vandy Podcast, man. We're gonna close out the show. Uh, we, uh, you know, talk like, man. There's some living in Nashville, man. You get some really, really good barbecue. 
Uh, talked about Winkies. I mean, that's a that's a place that's opened up near me here in Bellevue. Thought I really really enjoyed it, and I thought it was really good. There's some really good barbecue here. Edley's is good. Martin's is good. Um, Honey Fire's good. Uh, there's a lot of good places around here. And uh, man, I'm getting hungry just thinking about it. So, um, but want to close out the show here. Watching uh, watching these bowl games. Like one of the treats of this bowl season has been these two playoff games, man. And if you're an Alabama fan, you probably disagreeing but i'm gonna i'm gonna go kind of way off topic here sorry vandy guys we're gonna we're gonna get a slight break from from vandy 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 uh conversation and we're gonna talk general college football here but these these two playoff games have been really really good uh and and even though you can say what you want to say about michigan and what they did prior to here and whether or not they deserve to be in a playoff game based on the uh based on the stuff that they got into with the whole cheating scandals and things, the fact that Jim Harbaugh had to be suspended twice. <clears throat> like, say what you want to about those things, and you know, I have my opinions about those things too. And I don't like that Michigan was in the bowl game, but that doesn't change the fact that they went out there and just they just beat Alabama. <laughs> and, and they played a really, really good game. They did a real, lot of really good things uh, to disrupt Bama's tempo and their flow. Uh, I think they did a lot of really good things to confuse Milrow. And so I, I was really impressed by what they did and how they hung in there, kept taking Alabama's best punches and delivering punches right back. Uh, the Sugar Bowl is outstanding. I mean, I think this Washington team has proved week in and week out that they are a team to be taken seriously. And uh, they're a team that's exciting to watch. I mean, Kalen DeBoer, is out is an outstanding coach. And two years ago, Washington was the laughing stock of the now defunct Pac-12. And they may be the last, <laughs> they may be the last uh four-team college football era national championship. And they they'll and definitely the last team ever representing the, the Pac-12. So uh Texas has been a been a bright spot this year. Steve Sarkeesian has found his has found his groove. You know, he's got a really good quarterback in Quinn Ewers. I mean, this game has been this game was fun to watch. The Sugar Bowl was fun to watch. Uh the Orange Bowl was uh well, that was something. When I talked about that with the opt-outs and the the, the effect that that had on it. Um the you know, the bowl games on New Year's Day. Uh, prior to were were duds. I, I think uh, right down the road, down I forty, the Tennessee fans are pretty enamored with uh, with Nico, and uh, they should be. He's a really good quarterback. Uh, I think West Virginia getting a big win in the Duke's Mayo Bowl for Neil Brown. I think that put a lot of positive momentum into that program. He was somebody that was heavily on the hot seat. Uh, Lia Drinkwitz getting an extension after a huge, huge, huge Cotton Bowl win. Over Ohio State, uh, if you watch that game, um, they set offensive football back 75 years in the first three and a half quarters, and then then Missouri's just started turning it on there and started scoring some points. Um, but a big, big win over over a team that was in the college football playoff a year ago and uh, a big win for a team that was left for dead. That was picked, to, that was picked up right above Vandy in the 13th spot. In, in the in the overall league standings, uh, and, and a coach that was probably going to be first fired uh, because I don't think anybody was thought that Clark Lee was going to get fired, and he 
hasn't been fired for the record. But um, I think everybody thought Drinkowitz and Jimbo were going to be the, the two that, that got canned. And uh, they were halfway correct. So uh, Ole Miss continuing to do what they're doing was impressive. I mean, the way they just dominated Penn State. Uh, and Penn State has a has one of the top defenses, if not the top defense in the country. Uh, I thought that was fun. Georgia Tech having a resurgence under Brent Key. Uh, they win the Gasparilla Bowl over a good Gus Mal- a good, well coached UFC t- UFC. <laughs> ultimate fighting championship no, uh, UCF team from the big 12 uh, in the Gasparilla bowl. That was, uh, that was exciting to watch. And there were some that were, you know, there's some of these like group of five games that were, that were fun. Western Kentucky uh, old dominion was a, was a good one. Cause old dominion got off to a, I mean, they just got off to a burning start and then uh, they faded back and Western Kentucky came back and won. So, but I mean, just, Bowl season was fun in general. I mean, I think a lot of people were saying that opt-outs and whatever else with bowl games and bowl games are boring and stuff like that. And some of them are. I think they need I think they need to do a better job of pairing up and doing some of these matchups. But like Liberty Oregon was a terrible matchup. That should have never happened. I and and Liberty, congratulations, but you should not have been paired up with Oregon because that was a that was a snooze fest, right? Um, so I think the bowl committees need to do a better job matching up teams uh, to get exciting matchups. And uh, I think this bowl, I think your bowl seasons will be really, really good. Um, it'd be interesting to see kind of what it looks like with the 12 team playoff. But overall, I think the bowl season de- delivered once again. Um, it gives you football during Christmas, during your Christmas breaks. Um, you know, if you're a teacher, especially. But uh, again, Exciting stuff. Hopefully Vandy's participating in one next year. That's the goal. That's the resolution. That's the last resolution. Uh, that's what I'll leave you with. Vandy is going to a bowl. I'm going to speak that into existence. I'm going to will that into existence. Vandy will go to a bowl. What bowl? I don't care. But they will be in a bowl. They will be competitive. That's going to happen. They're going to sign Victor Stossel. Stoffel. Not Stossel. Well, they might sign Victor Stossel, too. Uh, they're going to sign Victor Stoffel from Temple. That's going to happen. I'm speaking this stuff into existence, right? Say it with me. Vanny's going to go to a bowl game. Say it with me. Come on. Vanny's going to a bowl game. Okay, so we're going to leave you there. That's going to do it for us uh, on this kind of uh, college football potpourri show, uh, this hodgepodge of topics. Uh, on this edition of Locked On Vandy. We hope you enjoyed it. Um, if you uh, if you want to follow us, uh, there's the scroll that I uh, inevitably should have put up a lot sooner. Uh, thank you to the everydayers for making all of this possible. But find us on social media at Locked On Vandy, at Coach Burton 36 on X. And uh, you can find me wherever you find your podcast. So like, subscribe. Feedback, all that's good. The comments have been rolling in. Those are those have been incredible. So I appreciate you guys. And uh, until next time, anchor down. <laughs>